Lost Boys Cypher Circle is back in session, y'all. Welcome back to the circle. If you didn't know, now you do. This is home of all things artistic. You got a poem, a song, a rap, some artwork, or just a discussion you want to talk about. This is the place to have your feelings and thoughts heard. If you're interested in coming on, just message me on Facebook at Dylan Lawler or email me at lostboy420x at gmail.com. That's lostboy420x at gmail.com. Uh, before we get started, as always, I just want to take a second to talk about mental health. It's a big part of what we do here. It's a big part of life in general. Um, so to the, all the artists out there, I want to just say, keeping keep using your art as an outlet and a therapy um, and just getting the pain out through that. And to everyone else out there, I just want to say that no matter what you think, there is always someone to talk to, a friend, a family member. Call me. I'll talk to you. There's always someone to talk to. If you don't want to call me and you don't think there is someone in your own life you can talk to, there's also a uh, mental health hotline you can text at 988 or you can go to their website at lifelinecrisis.com and get help there. There's also a website called betterhelp.com. What they can do is they will hook you up with a therapist in under 48 hours. And if you're not like vibing with them and you don't, they're not fun to talk to, uh, they can switch you out with a different therapist. Um, therapist therapy is really expensive. This is one of the cheapest options I've found out there. So I hope some people can get some use out of it. Um, before we start, start the show, um, I'm going to do things a little bit different tonight. I got want to give you guys a throwback for the last few weeks for you, those who of you who haven't watched it. And um, those of you who voted for these artists uh, as your favorite artists. So uh, without further ado, let's roll the clips. Uh, writings on the wall. All right. I'm going to drop myself out of here. All right. No fancy words of proper diction. I come leaking the pain of my afflictions. Life has been hitting, trying to test if I'll be quitting, but the test is if I see the beauty in the vision. I lost some people, not to mention starting over with intention, trying to watch my moves because they destroy in an instant. Ricochet to every part of my existence, still in my joy and peace, quickly manifested into a mindset of poverty and scarcity. These moves be affecting me. I got to take a minute to breathe. Smile despite the agony. The pain inside my chest won't be the death of me. Fake I could never be, so I leak the poison from my heart until the pages bleed, until the pain Pages reek of toxicity that once flowed freely inside my body. This page is like graffiti to the walls I've been canvassing. So in the uh, so I named it the writings on the wall, with the wall being my heartstrings. Hopefully you take a listen to see what I see. And that's I'll drop myself out of here. Let's hear it. Alright. Toes in the water, screaming it needs to be hotter. So I've put a pot on the stove to boil some water. And while I wait, my mind goes astray and I start to ponder. The life I know, my path, it was not me who chose it. Not me, not my mind or my being. It comes from somewhere way beyond her. I wasn't chosen to come here to lead a horse to water. I was given an axe in a sense for distortion allotters. I was sent into this life to defend and not in slaughter. To be a guiding light, to open minds and show them the big picture. And when they get it, help extend it even farther. Combating toxic influence, years of programming, squandered. Also, the collective has a choice to be their own author, based on reality, not lies, that over centuries have been fostered, not by our government, but by those who control it, those who are known as God imposters, the one whose moral compasses have faltered. 
the sick and demented plotters who pillage, rape, and destroy to become stronger, creating an energy for the mass that's suppressed and somber. I can't sit and watch it any longer. My being has seen enough. The world has emotionally jarred her. We are all more capable. We are all smarter. We all have, all we have to do is get rid of the energy retarders. Take a stand, lead by example, and get loud. It's our time to conquer. It's up to us to be the change. Our negative ways of thinking needs to be altered. Wake up to a positive life. Who cares what your old thoughts were? My father forgives. Let's go. And it's dedicated to the Tyree Nichols family. Uh, let's hear it. Crooked cops take me in a dark alley. They say to teach this boy a lesson. Everybody gets hit with a black stick. They call it dirty dancing. It's all good when the black man gets what he deserves for resisting arrest and giving us physical contact. But God said, I got to forgive the police for Tyree. What you mean? I mean, in due time. God said, I have to forgive the police for Tyree. With my kind in the jungle, police don't even take warning shots. Close range chest shots. He's in handcuffs. I wonder why his heart stopped. When you saw Kaepernick bending down on the football field on one knee, but do you know what it feels like at night when you go to sleep, knowing that the cops kill one of your seeds? But God said, I got to forgive the police for Tyree. What you mean? I mean, in due time, God said, I got to forgive the police for Tyree. Mamas are crying in silence. The devil loves the violence. Kids on the block still dying. <laughs> Under oath, police still lying. Telling the public they sorry for the lying. Tyree Nichols, gone way too soon. When we gonna put another black man on the moon? But God said, in due time, when my heart is right, I gotta forgive the police for Tyree. My father forgives. Inspire. So uh, what's the uh, first one you're gonna be doing tonight? Uh, no arms will warm her again. All right, cool. I'll, I'll drop myself down. I trusted you with the tiny soul inside me. I trusted you to read her like a book while she read you as a story. To let her choose her dreams around you and offer her the ability to know one day she finds warmth. Then you drag her into the snow and you throw her down into the pale white. You watch her lay there, eyes so full of premonition as she just snuggles down into the cold and hides her face from you, content to freeze to death. If she whispers, I knew it, with purple lips, you don't care to find out. I don't care to try again. I dry her stiff little body off and conspire to build a wall of ice around us. I settle down into the coldness with her and hide from even the sun. So many talented artists, man. I'm telling you, I've had so many talented artists on here. I've been so blessed. And I got so many more for you coming. I got three more. Uh, amazing ones for you tonight. So uh, without further ado, let's get to it. Our first one, her name is Elizabeth Suggs. Uh, she's an author. She's going to be sharing some of her short stories with her. 
with with us tonight. And um, if you want to check out some some of her short stories, she's been published in lots of anthologies. You can check them out on Amazon um, at her author page, Elizabeth Suggs. Um, you can also follow her at Elizabeth Suggs Author on Instagram. Um, she's going to be doing two pieces for us tonight, back to back, because she got to get out of here a little bit a little bit early. But I can't wait to hear what she got to say. So uh, let's bring her up. Into the Dark by Elizabeth Suggs. Emma stands at the door to the psych ward visitor center. She holds up an old college photo of her interviewee, one she received from his mother. She had photographs from his court hearing, but it was this photo that his mother forced upon her, told her to see him decent, because that's what he was. This sentence was just a misunderstanding, she was sure. But the old woman was a fool to think Emma can change anything. It's just a story. She takes another step and spots her target sitting in the darkest corner as a man somewhere in his mid-30s. Once attractive insanity and sleepless nights have stripped that away. He hides his hideousness under a long brown beard bespeckled with gray. Hey, how you doing tonight? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, so uh, before we get started, uh, you want to tell us a little bit about that piece we just heard? Uh, what, what inspired it? So Into the Dark... My very first horror short story to be published and it's pretty much an exaggeration or abstract part of the mind of what happens when you know like what is the um the sort of like description of what happens when someone actually murders someone and it goes through that and like how his guilt is manifested as like a creature and so it's that story is, it's a longer piece, um, but it's, it's like prose with poetry. And so every time he has like something crazy, like every time he kind of goes a little bit crazy, you can kinda, the poetry comes out. So. I, I like that. It reminds me of um, Edgar Allan Poe, uh, A Telltale Heart. I don't know if you've ever read that. Yeah. Um, but that, yeah, it kind of reminds me of that where he's, his guilt is manifesting through, through, um, these, these physical sounds and, 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 and sights and whatnot. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I, I love that. I love that. So, um, what got you started, um, writing and, um, and when, and when did you start writing? Um, what got me started was, well, when I was a little kid, I was writing and, um, and I've just always taken that throughout my entire life. Um, it's not until like the last 10 years that I've really seriously started to try to publish, but um, I've always had a love for writing. So it's kind of, and I, especially the darker stuff, like the two pieces I'm going to tell you about tonight, they are horror and they're a little bit different than some of the other stuff, but um, they are a little bit dark as well. Maybe that's like my mind. Maybe there's something wrong with me. There's like no, there's nothing wrong with that here. We we love the, we love the darker stuff. In fact, I appreciate it uh, the most. Honestly, most of my stuff is uh, is pretty dark. Uh, the one I'm going to be sharing at the end of the night is going to be pretty dark too. Uh, so I, I definitely understand that, and um, I admire you for your like bravery on on publishing. Um, I, I've been into writing since I was 10 years old, 
but I'm not, I'm not published yet. Um, so I, yeah. that's amazing. And I, I admire you for that. Um, what's the, uh, what's the first piece you're going to uh, be reading for us tonight? So it's called Unforgettable. And it's, right. uh, it's in this one, it won an award actually. Uh, well, it, it was uh, an honorable mention in uh, the, this Utah um, group called the League of Utah Writers. And so they put it in this uh, anthology with these other um, Oh, I'm yeah. So it's, yeah. I, I'm like, I don't know, I, I'm kind of proud of it, but like, you know, whenever you read something after you've published it, you always find like, oh, I could have changed it. You're your biggest critic. You're always going to find stuff, but you know, that's, it's amazing that, that you even, that you even put it out there. So that's yeah. awesome. I'll, I'll drop myself down out of here and uh, let's hear it. Okay. Thanks. Cool. Unforgettable. Chandra was a lonely old woman with a bent over back and hunched shoulders. On one not so special day, she walked over to a pond beside her house and stepped inside. Floating over to the center of the pool, she drew in a deep breath and plunged her head under the water's surface. Sometimes she held her breath just to see how long she could keep herself underwater before the spasms of pain forced her back up, gasping and heaving for breath. It helped her remember she was alive. Only this time was different. This time, there was no pain. She was underwater for 30 seconds, then one minute, then five minutes. She was weightless. She held her breath for 10 minutes, an hour. She didn't require breath, not anymore, bobbing up to just below the surface, her back facing the world. No one would be looking for her, not for days months. She could hide in the water forever and no one would come. But then someone did come. A man in black. He pulled her body up from the water and set her on the grass. I didn't kill myself, she said. For some reason, this seemed important to say, as if all her past sins could be washed away by this one truth. She hadn't done it, had she? Not intentionally. I know, he replied. His voice was thick, deep. It seemed to echo as if two voices spoke, one inside her mind and one outside. But it's time. His colorless eyes watched her. Do they hate me? She thought of her children, her friends, strangers, anyone who looked upon her and had chosen to turn away without so much as a smile. He shook his head. Was that a lie? It would be too easy if it was. Chandra, Chandra didn't, decided he didn't look like a liar. They have just forgotten to care. In a way, that was worse. At least someone hated was remembered. Will you forgive me? Forgive me? She whispered, barely understanding what she said. Since the man arrived, she had forgotten which were thoughts and which were words. No he said, this time softer, comforting, like a mother with a babe. I've never forgotten you. I saw you when you were born, and I see you now. I've been waiting for this day. It's taken too long. I'm sorry for the delay. She nodded. He seemed familiar somehow, or maybe that's what she wanted to believe. If he wasn't a stranger, she could walk off with him without chastising herself later. 
Chandra, he whispered. She looked up at him. His hand extended toward her. What would happen if she didn't take it? Would she go back to her life? Back to what? She looked up at her house. She was small, big enough for one, big enough for isolation. She turned back to the man. He was younger than she, with only slight wrinkles around his mouth and eyes. Smile, lines. She hadn't smiled in years. I'll make you smile again, he said. His tone was soothing, so familiar. She was sure she had seen him somewhere, a distant memory, perhaps. If she had just a little longer with him, maybe she could remember where she knew him. She took his hand. She would just go on a walk with him, just for a little while. That's the end. That was awesome. I was I was a little late to the click here because I was just sitting back like it was story time. That was that was good. I um you were right. That was dark. It kind of um in a way. I don't know if you've ever read um Abby Larue. Um, sure. uh, well, there's there's a there's a, there's a book um Addie LaRue's uh Invisible Life and it's um it that it's a it's has that very very dark tone but it's like um it just that it just reminds me a lot a lot of that. Um for for, the, for those for those out you out there who know who know of it and uh yeah if you want to check it out. Um but yeah that was that was awesome. Can you can you tell me a little bit about it and like what inspired you to write it and whatnot? Yeah. So I don't know what, I think I was kind of in a dark place or something. I don't know. Or, you know, like I was listening to a lot of dark music. I don't know. I just, I just had this image of a woman, um, like an older woman. And I just wanted to kind of sketch her out. And, uh, and I think a part of her was like this fear of that becoming me later as like, you know, as an old woman. Uh, but also just a part of it, like, what if like this, there's a piece of me lost, you know? And so I just wanted to um, kind of make that into a story. And also just like people talk about death and they're so scared, but like, you know, death is like, you know, if, you know, death is like this, you know, guy with a scythe or whatever, like he's but there. But it's a part of life. Yeah. He, he, yeah. He's, it's part of life. And he's there as like this piece to like help you to make you better. And like yeah. to get, guide you on a path. So so I think it's, um, yeah, kind of like, don't be afraid, you know. I like that. I like that. I like that you you took also, it, you were one, able to take your feelings and, and use it, like I was saying at the beginning of the show, as, as a therapy um, to express yourself. Um, and you also were able to send a message through your story. Um, but I mean, other than that, your your prose, your dialogue, your description, everything is is amazing. It, um, and, and, and I love it. Um, uh, I appreciate it so much. So, um, what is the, what is the second amazing piece I'm sure that you're going to be sharing with us tonight? So the, the second piece is unpublished. It's, um, it's actually, well, it's going to be published very soon in, um, this anthology that I'm, um, kind of helping publish right now, um, called, uh, darkness 101 lessons were learned. It's a, there's going to be 101 stories from all these different authors. I'm just one of them. And, uh, and all of the stories are 101 words each. 
Um, and so some of them are kind of fun. Like if you guys do check them out, like we we release it, we publish it September 30th. So there's a lot of fun ones. There's some really dark ones. Um, I'm gonna share one because um, I have four of the short four stories in there. This one, um, I don't think it's. I mean, it's dark, but like it has like my, kind of like a happier lift to it um, compared to another one that I have. It's a little sadder. But um, but yeah, this one's called relationship resurrection. Do you want me to um, start reading now or? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna drop myself down. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. So it's called relationship resurrection. Tony had promised Harriet they would be together forever. He even bought her that princess cut ring. However, when she found him in bed with Clara, Harriet had almost called it off. But then she solved their relationship problem by hiring a specialist. They get along so much better now. Tony doesn't even mention Clara's name, though he doesn't say much of anything anymore. In a way, Harriet prefers his silences. She has more time to marvel at his eyes, how he looks at her like he used to with that little sparkle. She really did hire the best taxidermist in town. <laughs> I fucking love that one. That is, that, I mean, it's not everybody's type of humor, but that's my type of humor for sure. Yeah. I love the dark humor. Um, and I mean, I, as a writer, um, I could kind of like tell halfway through where you were going with it. Um, uh, maybe not exactly taxidermist, but I could tell, I could tell like, something wasn't right about halfway through, but I mean, just the, the way you took that and then it, the, the mis the misleading thing, like, you know, they, they hired a specialist, you know, that's, that's, that's awesome. And it's hilarious. Well done. I needed to get someone work story and I just like kind of because these lessons, like all these horror stories are about learning lessons. Your mic's cutting out just a little bit. We got technical. I I can hear you. I can hear you. Okay. Uh, what what were you saying? I mean, that would that's. I mean, that's awesome. I uh I wrote um one time. I I, I participated in in one anthology. Um that got published that was, it was the same thing. You had to keep it under a hundred words. Um, and it was not nearly that dark and not nearly that funny. Um, and, and it didn't have nearly that much like depth of story to it either. Like, I mean, you fleshed out, you fleshed out two, two pretty, pretty clear characters there, you know, um, a guy who's unfaithful and, and kind of a, a, a I mean, a D bag, and then, you know, girl who's a little off a rocker, you know, but is it, it, it you know, it done, done something out of, out of uh, a deep, a deep hurt. 
And like yeah. you, you just express that and all in a hundred words, which for those of you who don't know, if you pull up a Microsoft Word document, a hundred words is about that much. It's a paragraph. It's a paragraph. It's not much. So that was amazing and very well done. Um, and I appreciate it very much. Uh, is there anything you want to like plug or promote before I get out of here? Um, besides, obviously, make sure you guys go check out her on Amazon, Elizabeth Suggs. She's got an author page. Uh, she's been published in a bunch of anthologies and uh, her Instagram at um, Elizabeth Suggs, Suggs author. Uh, and anything else you want to add? Yeah, just one last thing. Um, we're doing a Darkness 102 next year. Um, and so, you know, if you if you or other people who are uh, listening, if they want to submit, all you have to do is just, uh, you can find me on Instagram and ask Elizabeth Suggs author, or you can go onto the website ctpfiction.com. That C is in collective, P is in tales, P is in publishing fiction. Dot com and then it's just in the submissions tab but yeah okay cool absolutely well everybody make sure you all go check that out it's been an honor having you thank you so much for coming up and i hope to have you on again yes i would love it thank you so much i really appreciate it bye everyone yeah yeah have a good night that was awesome she's an amazing writer and i can't wait to have her back up on again um next up guys uh this next artist, his name is Chris Clark. He's a 20-year active duty soldier, a husband, and a father of five. So before anything else, I want to take a second to thank him for his service, both to our country and in raising the little brats that we're going to pass it on to. Um, I have one of my own, and it's not an easy job. And I'm sure being a soldier is not an easy job either. So I respect and admire him for that. Um, as if uh, that weren't enough. Um, he is also a coach for a nonprofit, um, youth organization. Um, he coaches basketball. Um, this man is just out here helping his community in whatever way he can. Um, and much like a lot of us on the circle here, we find solace and peace, um, in our poetry. And that's where we go to, um, let our inner demons out and express ourselves. And there's no better place to express yourself than right here um on the circle so without further ado let's start our weekly therapy session and uh bring them up here so uh what's the uh first one you're going to be doing tonight time in a dark place a dark space circumvented from reality but face it to live or die is the question to the adjacent. It's the misplacement of the mind over time reminds. Caught and bound by the chains, what change? Can it be clear and obvious? Doubt it. Been in this world wandering since I sprouted. I shouted to the highest mountain. Lead me, Lord, to the fountain. I'm drowning in what life is bringing. The tunes I'm singing are drowned out and my mouth is dry. But I know I must rely on what your voice is giving. I need it now in the life I'm living. Unwavering and unforgiving. I am relentless. I meant this. My declaration to give my mind its independence and remove the remnants of its very existence. Yes. I appreciate that, Dylan. Thank you. What's up, man? How you doing? How you doing tonight? I'm good, good. Can you hear me? 
Yeah, I can. I can. Absolutely. Absolutely. Perfect. Um, so I'm doing. Before we get started, let's uh, let me tell you. Uh, tell us a little bit uh, about that piece that we just heard. So uh, that piece, Tom, um, it is actually uh, fairly new, um, and it's it's just going over like just trials and tribulations over time, but knowing that it is that we can trust God to be able to take us wherever it is that we want to go. You know what I mean? Um, things happen in our life. We face adversity, but we got to keep pushing. You know what I'm saying? Um, because the only thing that we really have is time. We're actually on borrowed time. We know that at the end of the day, the only thing that's a definite and a guarantee in life is death. You know what I'm saying? So while we're here on this earth, we got to, uh, put our stamp on it and, and set things straight for our legacy that we want to leave behind when we're gone. So that's what that's about, man. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I agree with all that. I mean, that's, that's, that's what we got to do is, I mean, that's at the end of the day, that's what the art is for. You know, when, when we go on, the words are still going to be there, you know, and yeah. that's, that's what we're leaving behind. Um, so I appreciate that. And I appreciate you, you getting that message out there. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what got you started writing and whatnot. Uh, so uh, I've actually been writing poetry since the fourth grade. Um, you know, it evolved over time for the simple fact that um, it became my therapy. Uh, like I said, I, I've been on five combat deployments since I've been in the Army for uh, 20 years. I've, I've seen some things, been through some things, you know what I mean? Um, and so this is my outlet. You know, this is this is that therapy when things start happening in, inside of life. You know, you can just put it on paper. You can get that release instead of lashing out, you know, physically. So that's what that's where it's at for me, man. Yeah, absolutely. That's I mean, that's like I, I've been saying this all night and I've said this on past shows. That's where it has always been for me. That's it's a therapy. You know, I I have my own anger issues, my own my own demons and stuff. And I definitely use it to keep keep myself from lashing out and just and and channeling there so i definitely feel what you're saying yes sir uh, i love that um so what is the first piece you're going to be sharing with us tonight all right the first piece that i'm going to be sharing is entitled we the people all right uh i'm jump myself out. let's do this all right we the people oh say can you see that we the people are no longer being seen, but being seen through. Our interests not taken into consideration, forced into assimilation. This is the de destruction of our nation. From many one till many have been taken by way of the gun. Nowhere to hide, nowhere to run. These mass shooters out here just having some fun. What's the prize one? Truth is, there is none. Is this really the founding father's vision, a country that was truly built on division, tough decisions, provisions, and secret missions that blur the lines and reminds of a day of old? History is his story. The glory and gory bits. I'm sick of it, but do we quit? Not sure, but it's a thought that is constantly on the mind. The thought of the time that we could actually be free. The thought of truly escaping reality and police brutality, but naturally, it fades with the day as we are caught in the machine to dream, to dream of what could be, what should be. The loneliness is louder than ever. 
The silence unbearable to measure. A lost treasure, diamonds in the rough. This world can be tough, but what will we do? Lay down and give up. Stop looking to the Lord and giving a fuck. Is this what it's come to? Only to be run through? Nowhere to run to? Getting our asses kicked like kung fu? I have decided to travel the road less traveled and let my fate unravel before my eyes. And if I fall, I will again rise from the ashes to stand in front of the masses and speak my peace, clutching my Jesus peace and remove myself and my children from these streets. See, I'm overt. No need to be discreet. Because you see, they trapping Slapping, bangers clapping, soul snatching, whipping the batches, got it out the mud and the thatches, but still their angry sour patches. So who is who? No one knows. Deny three times as the cock crows. The wind blows, shots ring out and blow out windows because they gone off the endo. Check the innuendo. Niggas getting played like Nintendo. Friend of foe, one got to go, but you'll know who to choose. Because the one will always prove your theory and misspeak when queried. The disparity brings clarity to the situation. Crossed-haired fixation, talking and battling in other countries when the war is in our nation. No liberation, only penetration from rifles. I'm stifled and baffled how this white kid can get a pass through. Carry his weapon everywhere and blast you. I guess it's natural. But as soon as I pick up one to protect my son, it'll be the last day that I see the sun. See, we are under seized and attacked by those who feel they hold titles of prestige. Go ahead, nigga, press me. I am the red button ready to be pushed. And I will unload and let your blood gush from your body. Sit back with my hot toddy and laugh. I'm so sick and tired of the privilege given to your ass. While I bust mine to make a living, I once had a dream and then asked, who am I kidding? This world unforgiving, even though everyone out here sinning, they just ain't been caught. Or they have enough cash and the judge has bought a battle that can't be fought for the less fortunate. They do them because they're bored as shit, so they whip, cook, and crack, putting fiends on their back. Well, I'm ready to fight back, no slack, let the first shot ring and we only attack. I'm black, I'm proud. And I'ma say it loud. I don't give a damn about the crowd, but the shroud of fear go deep. That when my voice tries to project, you only hear peeps. So I weep in the cold silence and embrace the violence. I want to be with the eagle soul. I am a lion in the jungle, so hear my roar through the uproar of black on black crime. You see, the system has been designed to be that I kill you, they kill me. Now the government's happy. And these are the words of the poetic one. So let it be written, so let it be done. Fuck yeah, dude. That was powerful as hell. You put your fucking, you put your soul into that, bro. And and your yes, rhyme, I love your rhyme scheme and your flow, dude. I mean, not not a lot of people like, are sitting there picking apart rhyme schemes and, and whatnot while they're listening to something. But I, I'm one of those people who has that kind of brain. So I appreciate that side of it too. Uh, and I, I, I love, I, I love when I, somebody appreciates like my rhyme scheme when I do a rap or something like that. So um, yeah, I, I love yes, that. Sir, I appreciate it. Thank so, you. Uh, thank you. What, what inspired that piece? 
Oh man, just uh, I mean, if you if you listen to it, it's it, it you know it's a lot to unpack, right? Um, mass shooters, police brutality, just you know what I'm saying society, society in general, just uh, the things that are actually going on in society right now, and it's you know it's there to bring awareness and why people may do some of the things that it is that they do, you know. So um, just just putting it just putting it out there, you know, it is graphic. It is you know what I'm saying. It's a little dark on on the dark side, but these are real issues. These are real things that are going on in society right now, and you know, need to be we just address them exactly, exactly. So that's just that's just where it's at, man. That was the inspiration behind it. Um, you know, sometimes we just I just sit here and something hits me, and then I go to write. You know, so yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's what it's for. Like I said, like you know, you just fucking. That's it's it's hard to just sometimes sit down and like pick a topic or whatever. But like I, I've had a lot of poems where just some of the stuff I'm seeing on the news or some of the stuff that's going on in the world or whatever, it just it gets to you or some of the yep. stuff going on in your own life. It just gets to you and you're like, you just have to write about it. You have to get it out there. So yeah, I get that for sure. For sure. Um, uh, I'm, I'm going to bring you back up in a few minutes for your uh, second piece. But uh, before we get out of here, is there anything else you want to promote? Um, uh, you got your um, – what is it? You got your Instagram. Uh, yep. So my uh, – you can follow me. Y'all can follow me on Instagram at the uh, the Poetic One, uh, the Poetic One Z. Uh, same on TikTok and then on Facebook, the, the Poetic One. All right. Um, I have a page called uh, Poetic Excursions as well on Facebook. Um, check it out. Uh, we have prompts and, and, and poems that are shared on there as well. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Make sure you all go check him out. Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, and uh, his, uh, his uh, what was it? What did you call it again? My, my, my Facebook page entitled Poetic Excursions. The Poetic yes, Excursions. Sir. And you do that on there, right? Yes, sir. Okay. All right. Make sure you all y'all go check that out, and uh, we'll catch you again in a few minutes. All right, man. Thank you. All right, peace. All right, guys, yo, that was so dope. Uh, he's only the second, like, I, he's he's a he's a poet, but he's only the second, like, rapper type poet that I've had on here besides myself. And I, I really appreciate the, the the rhyme scheme and the flows, and it's it's dope. Uh, without further ado, though, I'm gonna bring up our next artist. Uh, her name is Laura Lynn Sanders. Um, she's been pu- published in Canada and all the newspapers uh, on Vancouver Island uh, for her poetry, talking about a young boy who went missing. Um, Sadly to this day, he still hasn't been um, found, um, but um, she was able to um, bring light to his story with her poetry. Um, On top of being a poet, she's also a digital artist. She takes um, her written word and her written stories and she turns them into digital artwork and digital um uh, like a digital story or a video uh for people to watch um so you guys can go check that out on her youtube um laura lynn sanders uh sandez sorry um laura lynn sandez um or you can go follow her on instagram um at uh laura underscore lynn underscore um let me see if i can pronounce this um I'll, I'll have her pronounce it when she comes on so I don't I don't get it wrong but um 
I've heard some of her stuff. Her videos are amazing. She does amazing work. If you guys want to get your written word turned into a story, you should hit her up on Facebook at Laura, Laura Lynn Sanders um, and have her do something for you because I'm telling you, they're awesome. Um, I'm waiting, I've been waiting to get her up on here ever since I first started the show. So let's not wait any longer. Let's, uh, let's get her up here. What poetry means to me. I like to bring my words to life at night while I'm lying in bed. It's where I intensely express with a magical finesse all the emotions that run through my head. And sometimes I find it real easy to express and address my thoughts. And other times I'll try for a rhyme, get stuck in a spot with a word I forgot and start over a hundred times. I choose powerful words designed to sound attractive. And then I insert them in spaces beside beautiful phrases and I smile at all the reactions. For me, putting pen to paper releases a chemical form of expression. It motivates me and it captivates you and it lightens the weight of depression. I tell a story of my success, my failures, and my rejections, and then I hide them in a little app on my phone with a password for my protection. And when I'm ready to confide in the world just exactly what needs to be, I post it to a crowd with a message out loud and I call it my poetry. Hey, how you doing? Uh, you gotta unmute your mic. I got you. Oh, awesome! Thank you. Oh, hang on. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, how you doing tonight? I'm so happy to finally have you on here. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good. My last name um Instagram is Nijar, but if you actually follow me on Facebook. Um, most of my stuff is under reels, so it's easier okay. to find yeah. that way. Yeah, I know. I know Facebook and Instagram are like connected to, um, somehow. Yeah. I, I, know that. I, just... I think mine uh, is unlinked. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. But, um, awesome. I, I'm sorry. I mispronounced all of that, but, uh, it's so great to have you on. It's okay. Uh, so, uh, I've known you for a little bit. I've seen a lot of your work, but for those of us who don't know you, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and like what got you started and whatnot. Yeah, so um, I started writing when I was about 12 years old. I was in grade six, and uh, I a, a boy went missing in our local area, and I wrote a poem about him, and uh, it got published in all the newspapers on Vancouver Island. And ever since then, I just have been writing, 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 writing. I've just fallen in love with it so much. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm and um, I mean, like like a lot of people on here, I know that you told me that you use use it as like a, a therapy um, for for yourself and and and, and a self expression. Um, so did did the did the therapy part of it where you were trying to get out um, your your own because you were telling his story at the beginning, but the the part of it where you were um, letting your own aggression out and telling your own story did that come? early on at 12 or was that later on in life? Oh, way later on in life. Yeah. When I first started writing, um, I would write about my emotions and like breakups and things that, you know, personal things. And then um, a major trauma hit and I started using substances. And that's when I really started to write um, descriptively, visually, um, intensely. Uh, it all came together and was just so much more powerful when I was using. And then 
when I stopped using, it all just disappeared, completely gone. And um, I felt like a part of me had died and that I was never going to get it back. But um, I would open my app on my phone daily, daily. And every day I would try so hard to write something and it would just never, never come. And it was sad. But uh, I went out into the bush a couple months ago and that's where I find my serenity. And uh, all of a sudden it all just came piling back in and there it is. And I can write and I don't need substances to do it. And uh, it's super liberating. That's awesome. And I mean, honestly, that's for, I mean, for everyone out there, that's the most important thing with anything in life is just keep going at it. I know so many people who have been through that same thing or even just gotten writer's block with, without having to also deal with um, fighting their sobriety as well, because those two battles are separate things, but both really hard things to deal with. And you were fighting both of them at once and you did what a lot of people don't and just kept going at it day by day and day by day until you got, you got back at it. And um, another thing I want to say is nature is, is the best place to do anything. I, I live, I live kind of in the middle of nowhere. I go out and sit in a clearing and, and I sit on my phone and I write um, and I try to do that daily, like you were saying. And, but yeah, nature's, nature's a great place, a great place. Um, so uh, what is, what is the first piece you're going to be doing for us tonight? So the first one I have is the suicide note. All right. All right. I'll drop myself out of here and uh, we'll hear it. The suicide note. With a single shot, the neighborhood quiets. There's a scream from a house down the block. They scream, hurry, please run and call 911. And the house quickly fills up with cops. We have first responders and newscast crews hovering outside on the streets with their inter concerning intentions. They ask all kinds of questions about what actually happened here tonight. There's camera flashes and photographers and investigators questioning mom in the kitchen. She's trying to hold her composure while she's emotionally tortured about the truth of her daughter's addiction. All the silent cries and all the failed tries and the demons that nested in her bed, heading her hating herself, draining her mental health, so she silenced the noise in her head. Before she picked up the pen and she let it out on paper, she picked up the gun, she said, fuck it, I'm done, and she loaded one into the chamber. There's matter blown across the bed, the gun still resting in her hand. There's a suicide note beside an empty plate of coke and a pipe on her bed nightstand. And the note read, Dear mom, I'm sorry. Dear mom, I'm sorry. I tried to tell you, but you wouldn't listen. There were parts of me that were broken and they just kept filling me up until I was choking in the pain. It wouldn't stop, it just worsened. I tried to wake each day, think of a positive that I could be grateful for. I tried pencil to paper and all kinds of emotional escapers, but nothing seemed to work anymore. So please understand that I did this for me. The vi voices in my head are now silenced. You could turn me into ashes or you could put me into a casket, but just know now that God has got me now in his presence. You don't have to worry about me anymore. You can go on about your life. You can put me in a frame. I'll never age. I'll stay the same. I'll be a memory of when life was nice. And please just try to remember me as the daughter who is always smiling. Don't think about the friction that I caused you in my addiction. I want you to smile every time you walk by me. And just know that the pain that caused my misery isn't weighing on me anymore like gravity. Know that this is what I wanted and that I'm no longer haunted and that I'm free by the chains that bound me. That's it. 
sorry. Oh, wow. That I was I was just taking a second to recover from that one because that uh, that's that's deep. I've uh, I've I've heard that one before on on your channel, and um, it it still hits just the same. It still just hits just as hard. Um, that's emotional and deep, and an amazing storytelling and and description. And um, you want to tell us a little bit about it and what inspired you to write it? So I didn't even really plan on writing that. I didn't really know where it was going to go. Um, I picked a line out of my head and I just kind of went with it. But the more I was writing, it's like, you know, I've been, I've experienced trauma, like the trauma that's so hard that, that you want to end your own life. And what saved me was my family without them knowing about it and how they would feel if I did that. But at the same time, I understand why people do what they do. I, I understand why they decide to end their own life. So I thought that by telling the story from the victim's perspective to their family, um, it might give them some sort of comfort in knowing that, you know, it wasn't anything that maybe that they did wrong. It was something that, that, that the victim is feeling. Um, and it's a choice that they made for themselves. And to just, you know, try and move on with your life and with some sort of um, peace of knowing that that person is is resting happily and that they're okay. And at least, yeah, at least they're not in pain anymore. Yeah, that's Absolutely. At least that, is, that is the most important thing. And um, I appreciate you getting that message out there. Um, I mean, man, there's so many... Uh, all, all of you tonight are just are just giving like these messages that people don't talk about, but that need to be talked about. That things that need to be heard, and um, just from perspectives that sometimes people don't even see them from. Um, and and I appreciate it. I love it so much. Uh, thank you so much for giving that to us. Um, I can't wait to see you in a few minutes for your second poem. Um, and uh, is there anything else you want to promote before we get out of here? Uh, your Facebook and your Instagram one more time and anything else? Um, so if you go to my YouTube page at Laura Lynn 43, I think it's Laura Lynn 43. Um, I'll post a link in here after. Uh, okay. You can see my poetry where I, I digitally turn it into a, a story for you to watch. I bring it to life for you. <clears throat> Background music, sound effects, all that kind of thing. And um I, if you want your poem done like this, if you private message me, we can talk and, and possibly work something out. I, I saw the one, I, I forget his name, um, but I saw the one you did um, about like a month or two ago. Um, yeah, that was Kevin, Kevin Johnson. He served 23 years in maximum state prison in California. Uh, he did life and his story was his story. And but, the fact that he asked me to tell the story was just so honoring. I couldn't even believe it. And I knew that I had to step it up and I knew I had to do it right. And, and I yeah. delivered for him. You did a fantastic job. The story was amazing. And the, the visual presentation and everything that went with it was fantastic. You did an amazing job. Uh, I can't wait to hear more from you and see more of your videos. And I'll uh, see you in a few minutes. Awesome. Thank you, Dylan. Yeah, no problem. Have a good one. All right, guys. 
so much talent tonight. We're going to keep it rolling. I'm going to bring Chris back up here for his second poem, and then uh, I'm going to do something uh, for you at the very end once we do Chris and Laurel in one more time. Um, so uh, let's let's bring them up. Yo, yo. Man, uh, how you doing? Uh, so, so what's the second piece you're doing for us tonight? Uh, the second piece is entitled All They See. But um, before I get into the poem, I just want to say, hey, Laurelyn, your poem was, man, that, that was dope. Like, um, I got to give you your flowers. You know what I'm saying? Uh, really, really enjoyed that piece. Yeah. Um, the imagery, the imagery, like, I mean, you painted, you, your words painted that picture perfectly. So um, definitely got to give flowers where their flowers are due. You're muted. She said, thank you. We, <laughs> um, All right. I appreciate you giving props to other artists, man. She, you're right. Um, she, she's amazing. She's honestly one of my favorite poets that I've ever found. So um, I'm, I'm so honored to have her on here and you're fantastic as well, man. I, I, uh, I love your shit and I can't wait to hear more of it. I'm i I'm gonna drop myself out of here and uh, let you get to it. All right, let's do it. All they see. All they see is a hue, but they never really see you for you. All they see is skin, but never take the time to dig in. All they see is black, and they're either on the defensive or ready to attack. All they see is a nigga, not a man nor a woman, never another human. The audacity that they can magically and drastically change things overnight after hundreds of years of terror and fright. All the while they taking delight in taking a life. Guns, ropes, hung by the throat, burned at the stake for God's sake. Three-fifths of a person, but we're supposed to just stop hurting, knowing that their sickness is steadily lurking. And when they're smirking, they're just searching for some type of justification to shoot. To kill, to let a black man or woman's blood spill, all for a cheap thrill, never no chill, just straight animosity and atrocities based on their sick philosophy. Could it possibly be that all they see is a hue, but they never really see you for you? All they see is skin, but they never take the time to dig in. All they see is black, either they're on the defensive or ready to attack. All they see is a nigga, not a man, nor a woman, never another human. Break our backs and make us dependent, enslave us, and then claim to give us independence, but place us in prisons, continue to spread lies to blur our vision. The hate is real. We feel the heat from the cold steel as they look at us to kill. Where is the justice? Truth is, it just is. Because all they see is a hue. But they never really see you for you. All they see is skin, but they never take the time to dig in. All they see is black, and they're either on the defensive or ready to attack. All they see is a nigga, not a man nor a woman, never another human. Guns drawn when they step out, poking their chest out. Boys in blue clout, knees on necks and choke codes, bullets to the back, eyes closed. Her life to take a sport, cutting our young, cutting my young men and women's life short. A cohort of bad guys who say they protect and serve, but choose whose life is well deserved. The earth, but then use God 
backsliders, sectioned off like dividers. They are takers, not providers, wolf in sheep's clothes. Shh, don't say nothing. They can't be exposed. But fact is, the cat's out the bag, and they really scared because we are no longer afraid to fight back. But it still don't change that all they see is a hue. But they never really see you for you. All they see is skin, but they never take the time to dig in. All they see is black, and they're either on the defensive or ready to attack. All they see is a nigga, not a man nor a woman, never another human. Dehumanized and traumatized and ostracized by their sick society rather than families of their propriety. They do it violently and silently, disrupting the very being of black skin like we were created from sin. But we were here in the beginning and we will be never ending. So they keep sending out those demons. Our skin under the sun will still be gleaming. They cannot suppress our screaming, but still, all they see is a hue. But they never really see you for you. All they see is skin. But never take the time to dig in. All they see is black. And they're either on the defensive or ready to attack. All they see is a nigga. Not a man nor a woman. Never another human. And these are the words of the poetic one. So let it be written. So let it be done. Dude, that was fucking awesome. That was fucking awesome. Thank you for coming on here and, and speaking your truth. And and like like I've been saying all night, just talking about shit that needs to be said, needs to be heard. Um, the li a line has stuck out to me, man. I'm going to remember, uh, where is the justice? It just is. Like, man, that, that shit, that wordplay, man. I, I fucking <laughs> love it. I love it, dude. I love it. Um, I appreciate it. Thank you. It speaks, it speaks volumes for itself. But uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about it? I mean, yeah, it, it, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory, man. Just with uh, you know, all the events that have happened uh, in the United States over the last over the last few years and the last you know four hundred years, you know what I mean? Um, so it, it, it's deep. It's uh, you know, it's meant to provoke some things. It's it's meant to, you know, what I'm saying, really get your mind going and thinking about those things. Um, some of the things that have been written in our Constitution that you're just like, whoa, hold on, man. You, they, we don't they even really consider, yeah, right. They really consider people as being three fifths of a person, like you know what I mean. And you can you can see the the some of the racist undertones and a lot of things that are going on um in, in the u.s right now you know and so just bringing awareness man just bringing awareness that's it yeah, you know? i appreciate it i appreciate it thank you there's there's i mean there's uh i think there's a lot of people uh who who are very angry and they do they do some things that are that are like just uh, I, I get that it's out of anger, but like, you know, like riots and stuff like that, that, I mean, coming out here and, and, and spe speaking the truth, that's the way to get the message across. That's the way to, you know, to, to, to in enforce change or whatever. No one's going to, no one's going to hear anybody throwing a book through the window. So I appreciate you, um, you know, mastering, mastering your anger and, and, and at all the things that have happened um, because, 
uh, no doubt there's a lot of anger there. But I, I appreciate you for mastering your anger in a positive way and, and using it to speak a message to the people. So thank you for that. For sure. For sure. I appreciate you doing it. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. It's It's been an honor having you on, man. And I, I'd love to have you on again. Um, one more time, sure. Joe, you, you want to just uh, plug or promote anything you want to do? Again, you know, check check me out. Check me out on Instagram. Check me out on Facebook. Um, check me out on TikTok. So TikTok and Instagram, I'm the Poetic One Z. Uh, Facebook, the Poetic One. All right, um, man, be be on the lookout. Uh, if you guys are on Spotify, um, check out uh, a song. I was just featured on on my boy's album. I put a uh, poem on on his album. So, um, Dylan, I sent you the link earlier. Uh, if yeah. you could, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put you, I'm gonna put all of you guys' stuff and all your links sure. up, up on my pages and stuff. Um, and uh, make sure everybody goes and checks that out again Facebook, TikTok, Instagram. Make sure you all go check them out. And I can't wait to have them back up again. Uh, stick for around, sure. Joe. I'm gonna bring you up and just, just say thank you, uh, for coming out. So I'll, I'll appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Have a good one. All right, guys, this is a great show tonight. I, I love the vibe. I'm going to uh, get right into it. Keep it rolling. Get Laura Lynn back up here for a second piece. Hey, how you doing? Oh, you're, you're muted. I got you. Hold on. Tom. In a- <laughs> we good now? Yeah. You can hear me. Okay, good, good, good. Um, all right, so what's what's the second piece you're doing tonight? So this one's called Stranger Danger. Okay. All right, cool. I'll, uh, I'll drop myself out of you and uh, let's hear Okay. Stranger Danger. Bye, Mom. I'm going to the park. I've got my packets on my back. Don't worry, I'll see you tonight. She's watching him through the window. It's cracked open just a little. She yells out, I want you home before dark. He shouts out, don't worry. He paddles off in a hurry and he heads towards the park. Looking forward to seeing his buds, he's got his new pack of hockey cards. They usually stay and play all day and swing on the monkey bars. But today the park is quiet. It's starting to rain just a little. He doesn't care that his friends aren't there. He sits on the swing and he opens his skittles. There's a man in black across the way and he's watching the boy with a stare. He knows no one will notice. He's got him locked in his focus and there's no one around or aware. He's got to go now. Be quick. He doesn't want to be quite caught. So while no one is watching, he walks over and starts talking and tricks the boy into learning some knots. And while the boy has no idea that he's about to be taken forever, the man grabs the boy's hand and says, don't make a sound or I'll kill your mother and your brother. Terrified, he pees his pants and they disappear into the bush. He tells him not to cry and to shut his eyes. It's much scarier now if you look. He used the... Oh, I knew I was going to mess this up. He tied the rope around the boy's throat that he used to teach him the knots. Then he wiped the wet leaves, stuck to his sleeves, and he fucked off before he got caught. It's starting to get late now. The boy's mother at home and she's worried. She looks at the clock and down at her watch. Almost dark now. It's 7.30. She picks up the phone and calls the boy's friends, asks the mother if they've seen Devin. It's almost dark. He was going to the park and he was supposed to be home around 7. The woman answers back, no, I'm sorry, and yells upstairs to her boys, have you guys seen Devin? They yell back, no, we haven't. Her head fills with noise. Now terrified, the mom starts to panic and there's fear inside of her heart. She runs to her car and she heads through the park and she calls his name out in the dark. There's something in the distance. Oh my God, it's Devin's bike. 
Her chest starts to tighten. She knows something's not right and she falls to her knees and she cries. She knows she's not going to need the police, so she speeds over to the station. And with no resistance, she screams for assistance. Somebody please help me, my boy is missing. He went down to the park around five o'clock. I went down there and I found his bike. I called out his name and nobody came and I just know that there's something not right. The officer explains to the mom she needs to wait at the desk just a minute. It's dark tonight. I got to grab my flashlight and he radios over to his unit. We have a missing boy. I'm going out with the mother now. I'm bringing the dog. It's in the log and he puts his radio down. The search began along the bush while calling out Devin's name. The dog caught onto a smell and Devin's mother could tell that she would never see Devin again. So this is just a warning. Don't let your kids ride off alone because there's always that danger. They could be taken by a stranger and your babies may never come home. That was uh, scary. That was that was frightening. I mean, uh, just just the raw emotion. And I mean, first of all, I just want to say that um, I know how hard it is to tell a story that complex and that detailed while rhyming. Um, so that 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 was fantastic and so well done. Um, but uh, second, secondly, uh, I, I have a friend named Devin, and when I show that to him, he he might wet his pants. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, that was, that's, uh, that's definitely like a, a horror story. It's not, it doesn't have any of the, any of the usual like horror elements, but I would, I would definitely put that in the horror, um, section and, uh, just the way you were able to just convey the, the mother's anxiety, um, in your performance and just the fear of, of losing your child is just amazing. Amazing. Um, what, what inspired you to write it? So my dad actually inspired me to write that one. He, he, he said, well, Laura, you know, you should try and write a poem visually so that people can visualize it. So he challenged me and uh, I didn't think I could do it, but I did. I went home and, and, I, and I started out with one line and within half an hour I had it written and, and it's actually one of my favorite pieces. And I'm glad he challenged me because now it changed how I'm writing. It's, it, it, it was a game changer. That's that was the first one. I wrote that one first. And then I wrote the suicide note. So okay. yeah, my, yeah, my style of writing has completely changed. Um, since I stopped, since I started using substances and stopped using substances. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I love when you, 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 kind of find this this piece and it's it's a different style than usually do but it still fits your it still fits your usual style uh, uh you just don't realize it until maybe the, the whole piece is complete and then you're like you sit back and you're like wow like this is gonna change how i see things how i write things and like i i can act like this shows that i can actually like write in, in 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 different in different ways and different styles and, and push yourself and it's not about even showing it to everyone else it's about showing it to yourself so and i'm sure that's what your dad was trying to do is is get you to show that to yourself most of all mm -hmm. uh, and that's and um hey, i mean you know what that's a parent's job and um uh, fan, fantastic job on his part pushing you to do that um that, that was awesome yeah uh, so uh before I get you out of here, is there anything you would like to tell us about, plug, promote, your YouTube, your Facebook, um, all, all of that stuff? 
No, you can find me on YouTube, Lauralyn43. Uh, a lot of the poetry that I do, I have visually turned into a story with sound effects, background music. I bring it to life. So the Suicide Note and Stranger Danger and many, many more have been turned into a visual story for you and that you can find on YouTube. Those are and, awesome. And um, you can send me a friend request on Facebook as well. Um, and then check out my reels where I also post everything, but the reels are only 90 seconds. So you only get 90 seconds of it. So you're better off just to go to, um, YouTube. Um, and if you like what you see and you have a favorite piece that you think would be beautiful in the form of a visual story, come talk to me. Awesome. Awesome. Make sure you all go check all that out and, uh, message her if you want, uh, some visual, uh, stuff for your, your for your poetry and um I, it was thank you for so so much for coming on um oh i forgot to say don't forget to hit the subscribe button most people they go to the page but they don't even subscribe you 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 can look in your thing and it says 80 percent of your people aren't subscribed because no one likes to hit that button so everybody go click her go click her subscribe button <laughs> Uh, it, was, it was an honor having you here. Um, I hope to have you on again. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much. Hang around for the end of the show. I'm going to bring you back up again. And uh, thank you all for coming out. Thanks, Tyler. Uh, yeah, no problem. So much talent tonight. I'm so thankful we had everybody up here. Uh, before we get out of here, I'm going to just do one real quick. Um, it's It's along the same lines of sort of um, speaking about things that I believe, um, need to be spoken about and truths that need to be heard. Um, and just, so this is a story I wrote along those lines and, um, yeah, so, uh, let's get to it. This one is called the girl who owned me a pencil. I tune into CNN tonight and I see my school building in the background. They're calling the shooting breaking news as if no one wants to admit that something has been broken for a long, long time. All the teachers are crying as they stand huddled together outside the old brick building, clutching their chests as if to keep their souls from escaping. They stare into the vast, empty, and indifferent eyes of the camera, each of them wondering how such a wonderful kid could do something so horrible. But the only thought in my head as I sit in the darkness of my room, eyes glued to the screen is, how could she not? I didn't know her very well. I waved to her once, held the door for her once. She loaned me a pencil once. I saw her every day, but never asked how she was doing. I never asked because I already knew. I knew the day I heard the school counselor ask her if she was okay, and I heard the razor blades in her voice and saw the bullets in her teeth as she smiled and told him that she was fine. I knew because I was there the day she got chocolate milk dumped down her shirt in the cafeteria. I knew because I was just two seats over as spitballs were hitting the back of her neck during midterms. I knew because I heard the fake coughing and the names they muttered as they passed her in the hallway. I knew from the look of hopelessness and despair in her eyes every time she looked up from her phone. I knew when I heard the sobs as I walked past the bathroom. When no one else did, I knew. I watched day by day as her sleeves got longer and the bags under her eyes got darker. I watched day by day as all these little things added up to something that somebody should have noticed sooner. 
saw the list of names in class one day. Her name was the last on the list. Mine was right above it. I find myself wondering, should I have told someone? Should I have done something? Could it have made a difference? Would it have made it worse? Did I even have the right to get involved? Was I on her list because I didn't? Do I deserve the same fate as the others? Should I have gone to school today? In the months to come, they will begin to rationalize the actions of this broken girl. They'll blame the music on her iPod or the movies and games on her shelves. They'll say her parents didn't raise her right. They'll talk about gun reform, like AR-15 is the name of some parasite committing crimes against humanity or some illness to be treated like the common cold. What they won't do is watch the school cameras for the footage of the weeks and months leading up to these tragedies. They won't look at the messages on her phones that the victims left, uh, or the notes that the victims left in her locker. Nobody will ever consider her the hero of this story. Certainly won't look at the bodies in the hallway like they're the corpses of slain monsters. And pretty soon, none of them will remember the deadly smile of the girl who loaned me a pencil. But I will never forget it. And that's that piece. Um, I want to thank everybody for coming on. Uh, I'm going to bring everybody back up here real quick. Um, just to say thank you very much. Um, I want to thank producer Brandon for clicking stuff behind the scenes. And I want to thank all of you. So thank you all so much. Everybody on Facebook, YouTube who watches, both of you um, who came on and did something. And I'd love to have both of you on again. Thank you so much. No doubt. Appreciate it, Dylan. Thank you for having Absolutely. me. Absolutely. Yes, Hell sir. Yeah. Hell yeah. I can't wait to have you guys back on. Uh, is there anything you guys want to say before we get out of here? Lauren. All right, man. Well, uh, I appreciate you guys coming on again, and uh, let's let's wrap it up. We'll have have a good night.